0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at com.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Newton. As always, uh, we got the premier Joey K and the hot one Jay Minacho. Uh, it's Tuesday and you know what that means. So along with the uh, show. Hey. I just like a, I just gotta have a reason to play beep every once in a while. So,
0: <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I start piling on the investment money.
1: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. We are back with another episode of Shooting. And joining me, as always, are my two awesome co-hosts. I got to my left. I got the premier, Joey K. And down below us, we got the hot one, Jay Minacho. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
2: I think I'm going to go to bed, so I'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to wish <laughs> the premier, Joey <George laughs> the best in <laughs> future
0: endeavors. If that's any indication on how his hot takes and takes are going to be in general tonight, I'm very, very scared on what we're about to get into, gentlemen.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice a little uh, little addition to the overlay. So we will give you our socials at the end of the show, like always, you know, for those that are listening on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Google, and all that. But uh, if you're watching this on YouTube... You can actually see we now have our socials by our name. So that way, if you are watching, you know how to reach out to us. If you've got a question for us you want us to shoot on, If you want to suggest something or heck, just want to like or leave us a, co- a comment, man, have at it and stuff. But uh, all right. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, last week on Dynamite uh, was uh, the uh, episode from uh, that was supposed to happen back in March of last year. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, ended up featuring the debuts of uh, Matt Hardy and the uh, dearly departed Brody Lee, which uh, would have been in his hometown and uh, turned into a, a little bit of a makeshift tribute show. And I figured it begs the uh, question here Gentlemen, what is your favorite Brody Lee slash Luke Harper match? And uh, I'm going to leave this one off, and I've got a feeling we're going to save. Uh, we're going to let Joey K go last because I, I just got some kind of feeling that I think he's going to have something that's going to kind of make people go, Hmm.
0: Make you want to go. hmm,
1: And that's so So for me, I was kind of going back and forth with a couple of matches. Um, I was thinking about going with uh, the match where he squashed Cody to win the TNT title, but I'm actually going to go with one that I don't think a lot of people really talk about when it comes to, uh, his run in the WWE as Lou Harper uh, we're gonna go back to uh, February of 2014 I believe it was at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coincidentally I think that was the day before the network WWE network launched um, he was in a six-man tag team match along with uh, Bray Wyatt as well as uh, Eric Rowan and they went uh, three on three with the shield and was just an amazing six-man match and just Action from bell to bell and just just it was really good. And it was one of those matches that I think it caught a people off guard at how good it was. So for me, I'm gonna go with uh the uh six-man match from Elimination Chamber 2014, the Wyatt family versus the uh Shield. Honorable mention I'm gonna throw out there as well too, to I believe it was the uh Monday night raw before Survivor Series 2014 in which Luke Carper won the Intercontinental title when he beat Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Jay, what do you got?
0: All right, man. I think the best match I think um, that Brody Lee ever had, you know, was during Luke Harper days or FK, Luke Harper, the WWE. Um, there was a ladder match, you know, kind of on that same tone with Dolph Ziggler. They would go on to have a couple matches for that inter- the Intercontinental title. And it was at TLC, um, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, that was the first time that I actually was like, wow, this guy can go. Um, Before then, you know, you kind of already knew Luke was a big guy. He worked big, he wrestled big, but that match, he just pulled out all the stops. Um, And and of course, it's easy to get mystified by the work he did as Mr. Brodie Lee in AEW. Um, He had maybe some of the best career matches, uh, the best matches of his whole career in AEW. But I think that match with Dolph Ziggler actually was his coming out party for a lot of people to be like, wow, he can go. Mm -hmm. All right,
2: Joey, what do you got? Well, if I have to follow up all this nonsense, let me give you my opinion and let the whole world hate me about it. Truthfully, this original question was posted as what is The best Matt Brody Lee match of all time or however, and now it's, it's become as, you know, what's our favorite. And it's hard for me because he really didn't have a greatest or best match ever. There, there is none. We happen to really look fondly at people, especially in professional wrestling who pass away early and young that you know, we look we look at them and it's just these very tearful and emotional tributes and things like that. With Brody Lee, it is absolutely well deserved. But the problem I have is we had never got to see his best matches. I really don't think we did. I think we saw flashes, we saw coming out parties, and we saw terrible booking. And we saw getting buried and passed over and rebranded gimmicks and all the nonsense that goes on in the professional wrestling world. We never really got to see what he can do. And if I have to go back to find one of his best matches, um, I would probably agree that the TLC Intercontinental Tider match, the ladder match from TLC 2014 <laughs> Was one of those matches. It's one of the few WWE matches where you actually get to see guys do what they do best and not get written and booked in terrible positions. I don't really feel that we ever got to see the best Brody Lee in AEW because of the short amount of time that we had. And that's honestly the worst part of all of it. Now in his passing tragically, and as heartbreaking as it is, you know, you start to look back at things with rose colored glasses. Do I love the fact that he got to start to do what he probably wanted to do for years? Absolutely. Do I get emotional thinking and listening to his wife? um, Now widow speak about how he was ready to kind of give up before he got the call from WWE and, you know like he got these opportunities and he got to reinvent himself and present himself the way he always wanted to to the world in AEW yeah and i i love that it's an amazing story but the real tragedy is he never to me never got to do what i think would have kind of shocked the world in a sense or blown everyone away i just don't see it I think he had some really, really good matches. I think the John Moxley title match was really, really good. And that's a match that's tough because a lot of people at the time really kind of shit on it. And they really kind of looked at it was like, oh, they either, you really liked it or you didn't really care. And that was a lot of this stuff, especially now going back and researching for this specific question. You know, I, I forgot how like divisive that match was and i actually really enjoyed it because that to me was brody lee as the performer coming out and doing what he wanted to do and having a real stiff strong match against john moxley who of course is known for having those kind of matches especially post wwe um that's the real crime that's the real tragedy of it all like i don't think we got to see some of the feuds that we all hoped to see we didn't get to see the real brilliance come out we just got to see this edited version and it's very sad and tragic like I and that that bothers me and that's why I have such a hard time I think coming to what is my favorite match you know I I'll probably always look at it like I don't think I ever got to that point because unfortunately you know fate or destiny or whatever it is had a different answer and a different response for that Um, probably not the most popular opinion, but it's pretty honest. I would have, I would love to see him today in feuds against, I mean, can you imagine having, uh, the, seeing a real feud between Brian Danielson and Brody Lee instead of what we got in the WWE edited version of, you know, Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family and then turning and you know, coming back to being a baby face, like that, that kind of stuff, the silly writing that went with it. I would love to see that. I think it'd be amazing. Those two guys probably would work so wonderful together. We'll never get to, unfortunately. And that's, that's pretty sad. It's very sad. So, uh, speaking of
1: things that, uh, you know, that could be sad to some people, especially, uh, one Jack Evans, uh, he recently lost, uh, a match against Orange Cassie this past uh, Friday night on rampage. Uh uh he didn't not he didn't just lose the match. He lost uh something that I know was a pretty something he held very highly and that was his hair. So uh gentlemen, what are your thoughts on the uh hair versus hair match and uh
0: uh Jay, why don't you go ahead and lead this one off? Hair versus hair, man. Uh, and or if you're a fan of the Mexican lucha libre. Lucha de Apuertas, which is a basically a match up on uh, a bet, a gamble, some kind of you're putting up something. You know, it's a high stakes match. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., the U.S. fans have seen hair versus hair. Mexico, they did hair versus masks because in essence, that's what you're giving up. You're giving up your identity. Your hair, if you're a non masked wrestler, pretty much says who you are. And in Mexico, when they fight for the mask, it's the exact same thing. It's who you are. It is your whole identity. And just that aspect of it, the storytelling that goes into it, I feel like those matches need to mean something. Mm -hmm. I need story buildup. I need there to be a reason why there was no other way to go besides hair versus hair. Hair versus hair should not be how you start a feud. It's how you end them. That is the ultimate ender. I'm taking your mask off, your hair. The recent one that we had on AEW kind of didn't feel like it needed to be done. Uh, Jack Evans, who? Today.
2: who, 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 who.
0: Guys, he's a non-factor And you have him going against the guy In Orange Cassidy Mm -hmm. I mean, there was never any doubt That Orange Cassidy was going to win this match So, as a spectacle When done right, I'm 110% Behind it, but when it was done As they did it, I I couldn't Pull for it, and I love AEW, but that was A rare misstep Joey, what about you?
2: I agree with so much of that Um, You know, the the original concepts, like you said, like it, it's really the blow off type match. It's not for the you know second and third string players in the middle of a feud that God knows has too many people involved in it already. Um, and yeah, look, hey, do I do I think the the wrong participants were in that match? Yeah, for sure. Did I ever think that Orange Cassidy was going to lose that match? N- not for a single second. Um, but I will point out some really, really great facts about that match. Number one, the, albeit slight build up to the match, where Evans is a little, kind of put off by Matt Hardy putting him in that match instead of Matt Hardy being in the match. I thought that was that was a nice move. Mm-hmm. I thought Evans played it really well being frustrated but still going along with what the boss man says i i can i can appreciate that um i love that orange played to his character and was like what are we doing here like is, is that happening i don't know what you're talking about like just that worked out perfect as well too but you know give me give me something to believe in i never believed for a second that that orange was going to lose the match. So I, I go with that too. And it really is a bluff. I think most gimmick matches really should be blow offs. You know, the past 15 years easily have been, you know, gimmick match, gimmick match, gimmick match, because certain companies think that's what fans want to see. They want to see the crazy gimmicks and all this stuff. And you really don't need it. No, nope. you know, that's, that's the point of good storytelling. And I think we'll get to that topic for fairly shortly. Uh, coming up here in another question, but mm-hmm. you know that that really it's it's about the storytelling. This feud doesn't need it. This feud needs about eight less people in it as well. But that's a topic for another day. You know, the fact that I have to see you know 37 people standing on a small little ramp and in a ring and I'm like what what who I don't even know half of them are at this point. They're just bringing people out of the crowd. Like you know, I'm waiting to see ECW sign guy just show up and wander out on stage <laughs> at one point. You know, like, and we're in Philly this Wednesday, so you know, your boy's gonna be there. Who knows? Maybe I'll just pop out on stage just for the hell of it. I don't know. I can sleeveless join hoodie any- and all. What's that? Sleeveless hoodie and no, all. Sleeveless hoodie. For the pro- Spoiler alert: I'm probably wearing my Eddie Kingston shirt, but um. You know, like, I'll just jump in. I might fit right in. I mean, God knows I'm the same height as most of the AEW roster Luster. anyway. And inside joke, I'm not very tall. So there's that. <laughs> um, about 5'9"-ish. I've been told I a lie, lie about that. I don't really believe, believe that. that. I, it's not a lie if you believe it, guys. Right? Just, just saying. But uh, no. <laughs> Cir- circling back <laughs> circling back um the hair versus hair match it has to be the right time the right place and the good uh, good storyline for it And you have to have the right participants everything has to line up this again like i'll agree 100 this would this was a misstep um they it, i felt it was really just tossed in for hey let's do a hair versus hair match type deal and yeah it, it didn't work for me at all
1: yeah i'm gonna you know, go along with a lot of what you guys say. I mean, the the hair versus hair match, you know, hair versus mask, mask versus mask, whatever, you know, I'm all for those if they're done at the right time. Like if they're done, like, you know, Jay said to end the feud or be the blow off, not to start a feud or just like just throwing it out there just because, you know, you know, the higher ups think that, you know, the crowd wants to see a gimmick match. I, you know. They definitely, this match definitely did not need to be hair versus hair. It, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't like, there are, there, there we don't really see a lot of those matches in the States. Like, one that, like, one of the only ones that I can remember was back in, I think it was 2002 with Edge versus Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle lost his hair. I know uh, there was a match at WrestleMania 20 where uh, Molly Holly lost and got her head shaved and stuff but i mean gold oh yeah, yeah. Man, the battle of the billionaires uh you know when of uh, mcmahon trump shaved mcmahon and then took the to the worst worst selling job on a stunner ever <laughs> um, by the way that is no uh indication of my uh political beliefs that, <laughs> uh,
2: just to clarify
1: yeah just clarifying there for all you trump supporters out there no that this isn't an indicates it's just he does not know how to take a stunner properly.
2: Hey, left or right, if you bump and look that terrible, you're going to get a talking to by us. That's just how it is. Exactly.
0: What what episode is this?
2: Uh probably the last one.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's probably,
2: <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh well. You know what? If we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out with a bang.
1: <laughs> well, in my case, bang bang. Bang wow. bang. There you <laughs> to be listening to this on, you know, Apple, Spotify, whatever. I'm wearing a uh, Rockin' My Cactus Jack shirt. So uh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, so great discussion there. And uh, uh, Joe mentioned uh, a little while ago something about storytelling that, and I think that's going to kind of be a really good segue into our next topic here. And that is, uh, I was recently announced online that uh, the uh, EVPs, mm-hmm the of uh, aew matt jackson nick jackson kenny omega and cody rhodes are basically just now evps by name only and uh uh basically what it's come right down to is that all booking decisions and all booking basically comes down to one man and one man only and that's tony khan and uh i ask you gentlemen is that a good thing and uh joey let's lead you uh you go ahead and leave this one off
2: I'll rebut and say, is it a bad thing? I mean, let's be real. The inmates cannot run the asylum very long. And I know there's probably a negative connotation with that. But the truth is, you know, you have to have somebody kind of pull the reins in a little bit. Look back at the Attitude Era. There's been so much talk, you know, and and I don't want to talk about current day WWE product. But using the Attitude Era as a good example here compared to wwe compared to wcw wcw had a had guys with contracts that were creative control creative control creative control and it led to a lot of you know hey i'm booking myself to go over tonight i'm booking myself to go over and if they don't if they didn't like the decision that was made for by whatever booking committee or who was in charge they would veto it they had the power to and what did that lead to that led to WWE overtaking the ratings and the eventual shutdown of WCW, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, flip that. WWE had had people behind the scenes, uh, Vince Russo, Jim Cornette, these types of characters who came in, who obviously, especially two guys who really hate each other, but they would have the ideas. They would bring these things in, but one man had the final say of the product that was going on television, yep. and that was Vince McMahon. I can't say it's a bad thing. Do, did I enjoy the beginning of AEW with, you know, the EVPs kind of, you know, putting their input in and doing things? Yeah, I did. But I think the proof's in the pudding. Look at where ratings are right now. Look at the trend of AEW. Look at the signings. Look at the talent that has come in. Everything has gone up. Do I completely say it is Tony Khan? No, because it would be the same as saying that you know the success of any NFL franchise is based on a team owner no it's not it's the talent of the players now the owner is going to put the money out there yep. Tony Khan the owner is going to have direction for a lot of things on and off the field like Tony Khan does but it really depends on the talent so how about this let the young bucks be the young bucks yep let Cody be Cody let Kenny be Kenny let these guys do what they do best and be the in-ring talent. And I think now you're seeing the results of that. You're, you're reaping the benefits. You have the best heel turn in the Bucs that we've seen since, I, I don't know when, Ring of Honor 2016, 17, am, am I off of my time there? I don't know. You, you're getting some of the best heels you know, in the elite in general. Kenny Omega is having a hell of a heel champion run. Um, I mean, Cody's being Cody. Cody's going to Cody. That's what happens. Come on. You know, he's going to Cody. But also, I will say this, as much flack as Cody gets, and I do like Cody a lot, I'm, I'm interested because I want to see where we go. You know, with Art yeah. Anderson, you know, pulling his Glock out on Cody. I don't know where we're going to go with this story. And it gets me intrigued. I'm excited. Do we finally get the heel turn? Cody said he'd rather retire than turn heel, but are we going to get it anyway? I really hope so. And I'm excited for that. Let these guys be the talent, give them direction, let them have input in their promos, let them have input obviously in their matches, but you know, let them focus on the things that made them great and got them to this point now and let Tony Khan make the decisions. It's obviously it hasn't been a bad a bad choice. I mean, there's some great storylines, some very intriguing stuff. You're, did we not just talk about a hair versus hair match, whether it was a hit or a miss for us, we're talking about a hair versus hair match on an AEW program. Yep. With mid card talent. Yep. I mean, how, how much you, we could be talking about world title runs right now, but we're talking about mid carters in a hair versus, I mean, did, did Chuck come out dressed as a barber? Did I see that right? I mean, come on. Like, this is what we're talking about on the show. And we made a special question just for it. So, yeah, I think Tony Khan's doing a great job. And honestly, it's his money. If he wants to make make the call and and call all the shots and and be the boss man, let him be the boss man. Yeah, Who's going to tell him no? There's only one
1: person that could really tell him no, and that's his daddy. So That's true. And by the way... You talked about Arn Anderson pulling out his Glock. I mean, I don't think Arn Anderson has been as over this this over since the ho- days of the horsemen.
2: I, and the, that, I uh, mean the last time I popped that hard for Arn Anderson was when he hit the spine buster in the flare taker match at WrestleMania. Oh, I now,
1: popped I, I popped when he hit uh Spears with the spine buster at all out 2019. Cause I was sit, I was there for that and I was going crazy there.
2: And, yeah.
0: And, and gentlemen, let's just not forget. are backwards is NRA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man. So, yeah. So I really liked what you had to say, uh, especially with the comparisons for, you know, the NFL owner, you know, to his team, you know, you talked about, you know, Tony and Shad Khan, you talk about, uh, you know uh, Jerry Jones of uh, uh, Jay's beloved Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you talk about um, you know the McCaskies and Ted Phillips with my Bears and just the boneheaded decisions they allow to come out of Hallis Hall. I mean, for for for, for and I'm gonna uh, sorry guys, but I have to say this: if Matt Nagy de- if, if if Andy Dalton is healthy and Matt Nagy starts him after the way Fields played, Matt Nagy deserves to be fired right on the spot. That's a hot take. That that's a hot take. That's so hot. It's not even wrestling related, but it made this show. <laughs> but uh, going going back to the topic at hand, I absolutely agree with uh, what uh, Joey said, and I liked how you alluded to the fact that you know talked about the Monday Night Wars, you know, and everything that was going on with WCW. <laughs> it, it, it basically Tony Khan taking the reins and saying all decisions have to go through me. And, you know, the same thing can be said, you know, with Vince McMahon. I mean, yeah, there's like 40 some odd writers on WWE's creative team and stuff, but Vince has the final say. And in any wrestling company, that's how it should be. You know, you should have your writers or the bookers or your producers or whoever's, you know, coming up with this stuff. They present the stuff to whoever, you know, whoever's running the show. And then that owner should have the final say, whether it's good in the case of AEW or it's bad in case of Vince McMahon. Because it prevents that, you know, like you mentioned, the w, the days of the WCW where the inmates are running the asylum. I mean, you, you, you think about, like, you know, Nash put, booking himself to go over Goldberg to end the streak. Um, you talk about, you know, all the times uh, Hogan played, you know, his creative card. And uh, one of the things that really just kind of, I think, was the downfall was was that where those contracts where the wrestlers had creative control because you look at the, like the long term repercussions like you said Nash putting himself over on Goldberg even Hogan you know put the match going down with Sting at Starrcade 97 the way it did um you know don't be surprised if in the next week or two uh the, that match gets brought up because uh we're tinkering with the idea of uh introducing a uh Start so bringing back something that we, Jovan and I did in our previous show um, called If I Had the Pencil. So that might be making its return to uh, the show here in the near future. And if we do that, do not be surprised if yours truly here talks about Starcade 97 and how that match should have went. <laughs> because it, it, you know, it, it's just, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, this actually, and and what's good about what this good this does for the EVPs is it allows, you know, Cody to go to the business meetings and kind of be like the corporate face of the brand, you know, he's doing all, you know, doing, you know, roads to the top. Great show, by the way. Yes. Um, Yeah,
2: agreed. First episode was awesome.
1: Yes. Um, You know, it allows, like, I know uh, Matt Jackson can, is working, you know, with his wife, Dana, you know, to focus on merch, you know, Nick's doing, you know, taking care of being the elite. And then you got Kenny, who's working with all the women, you know, and helping with their matches and stuff. And I think it's just and
2: the and the games division, yeah, games as well, the games yeah.
1: division, yes, yes, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, by the way, I cannot wait for that AEW game to come out because it is going to be just bring me back to the days of uh, WWF No Mercy on the Nintendo sixty four. And I cannot wait. Oh, but, yeah. oh uh, yeah, I absolutely think this is this is a great move. Uh, Tony Khan clearly has demonstrated that. He's uh, He listens to the fans. He takes into account what they want, and I think that factors into his decisions. Again, they're not always a hit. I mean, we talked about the hair versus hair match. That was a little bit of a miss, and, you know, there's some issues with the way some of the talent there has been booked. You know, go back to our episode a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, Brian Cage um, and that, you know. But, I mean, again, when 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 all the decisions come down to one person and one person yeah. only – whether they're good or they're bad, it, it, it's the right way to do it because uh, it's like the old saying goes, uh, too
0: many cooks spoil the stew. Uh, Jay, what do you got? I'm going to be short and sweet since you guys are much are beat the topic. It's dead and gone. Is Tony Khan taking over good or bad? I mean, guys, are we, are we really having this discussion about the 2020 Booker Promoter of the Year? Really? Come on, enough said. Booker promoter of the year. Let the man do what he's doing. The shows are great. Let the guys focus on other things. Even, you know, maybe they can look into fixing their relationship between the EVPs. Who knows? But give the 2020 booker of the year, promoter of the year, some credit. Let him do what he's doing. Right
1: on. So our next topic here, we're going to have a little fun here because I think this is going to be one that provides some interesting debate. You know, there Tons of wrestlers have uh, stepped into the ring throughout the years. You know, you go from the days of Bruno Sammartino to uh, Billy Graham, to Hulk Hogan, to Ric Flair, to Sting, to Bret Hart, to uh, Kenny Omega, to Chris Jericho, you know, the Young Bucks. One thing that a lot of those guys always had in common is their catchphrase. I mean, you had Bret Hart's, I am the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. You know, you have Hulk Hogan's, what you going to do when, you know, Hulkamania runs wild on you. You know, you have Austin 316 and everything else. You know, you have DX saying suck it. And and then The Rock with all his millions and millions and millions of millions. catchphrases and that. So, guys, uh, I ask you the question, in your opinion, what is the greatest catchphrase of all time? And, Jay, why don't you go ahead and leave this one off?
2: i didn't catch that i'm sorry what was that? i said there we go <laughs>
0: <laughs> i said it's hard man it it comes down to who are your favorites who who was the ones you tuned in to watch uh for me a lot of it was the rock um you know you could take that microphone joey k shine it up real nice turn that some bit sideways and stick it straight up your candy i mean guys who didn't know every word of that that okay. that was greatness yeah But I think, um, for me, I'm going to go with one of my all-time favorites. Something that even transcends wrestling. And I think that's what makes this catchphrase the greatest of all time. Is people outside of the industry use it. And that is, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo! (laughs) Woo! Woo! There you go.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, I,
2: that's that's hard. That's hard to top. I, I Jesus.
1: <laughs> so, so I think I got, I, I got one and this was uh, one that I was kind of going back and forth on because, you know, I thought about, you know, what you're going to do when Hulkamania runs wild on you. You know, you have the macho man's. Ooh, yeah. You know, Jay mentioning, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, you, you know, um, I, I, I got to go with, the one that I really think, you know, really kind of once it was said that it, it, it forever changed wrestling. And I got to go with Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Because basically from that, the day when that first phrase catchphrase was, was made and that was the night uh, Austin won. The uh, 1996 King of the Ring, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that was all done on the fly because he was told that uh, Jake had cut a religious promo on him, leaning up, leading into that match. Because I don't think when I think when Jake cut that promo, I think Austin was still on his way back from the hospital after getting his mouth all stitched up from his mm-hmm. match with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark Marrow in the semifinals. But you know, he went out there, you know, beat Jake won the King of the Ring, had his interview with Doc Hendricks. And basically, you know, you talk about your Psalms, you talk about your Bible, you know, and all that stuff. And he says, you know, you talk about John 316. Well, Austin 316 just says, I just whipped your ass. And just right then and there, that was basically the launching pad for the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because the next night on Raw, there were already Austin 316 signs everywhere. Yep. You, you, you talk about the Austin 316 shirt when that came out. Keep in mind, this was the time when Stone Cold Steve Austin was still technically considered to be a heel, but he had the hottest selling shirt in the business at the time, which was unheard of for a heel to have the number one selling shirt. And it's just, you think about it. It's just, Yeah, he had the what phrase, but the catchphrase. But that I think that's if we talk about most annoying catchphrases, I think that takes the cake because that that just it's it's so overdone now. What exactly? (laughs) And you know, and I also you know you think about you know degeneration X, you know, and suck it with the whole crowd and everything and and stuff. But it's just to me, it's just it has to be Austin three sixty because I just whipped your ass because basically that was. Not only the day that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's career basically went, uh, pull, did a Cameron Grimes and went straight to the moon. What? Oh God! Here we go. I started something. Look
2: what you did! I didn't yeah, even have to bring it up.
1: But um, I just, I just think about, <laughs> I just think about that, and it's just, I to me, there's no other catchphrase that's really, in my opinion, has more of an impact on. The industry than uh, Austin three sixteen. Uh, Joey, what do you got?
2: Um, the greatest of all time. I think you just talked about the top two. You talked about one and one point five. Um, I'll probably always say to be the man, you got to beat the man is number one because especially now nowadays, oh. Rick Flair the character of Ric Flair has transcended professional wrestling and it is pop culture, hundred yep. percent pop culture. I mean, the videos of football teams and locker rooms given Ric Flair promos from the eighties should tell you exactly what you need. Kids that weren't even alive. Weren't their, their parents were kids when <laughs> that promo was cut it should tell you how that transcended professional wrestling. Austin three sixteen. That is can probably interchangeable with number one, but I'll leave it at one point five because, again, like you said, DDJ, the next night on Raw, homemade signs. Austin three sixteen. Everybody wanted it. They they caught lightning in a bottle, yep. you know. And and you did. You, you hit the story. Um, Austin said it on his podcast. He said it in a few places now. He, he was at the hospital he was getting stitched up he gets back and Michael Hayes pulled him aside and says hey uh I gotta catch you up a little bit and you know austin kind of wants to know what well what did Jake say oh he he's you know he's doing the bible thing talking about john 316 okay goes out there has the match they pull him up for the interview and he just throws out uh, one of the all-time classics just off the top of his head just you know and and let's be honest was he mentally prepared for it probably not i don't think he expected to be out of the arena that long getting stitched up probably never expected to get hurt in the in the semifinal matches it was anyway so i mean both of those now this question is the greatest now i'm gonna give you the greatest to me Okay, Not probably all time And everybody will probably disagree with me on this As far as the greatest But to me, this is one of, if not the greatest Because we are here In the beautiful suburbs of Philadelphia And I know last week's episode We were talking about who's Mr. ECW And I'm not going to go with my answer either But I will give one of my honorable mentions Beat me if you can Survive if I let you Now,
1: that's a good one. That is to
2: to me, and probably me and other Taz hardcore Taz fans that are out there. You have to place that at the time it was. Taz was the real shoot wrestler of that period. When we are still, we're still talking about kayfabe era. We're still talking about you know we're coming off of the heels of. Duke the dumpster Drosy and Doink the Clown. We are just getting into this era of realism. We're just still breaking into where the UFC is still this underground thing. And now you have Taz, who came from a character of the Taz Maniac, this wild cartoonish barbarian character, gets hurt, break, gets his gets his neck broken by Sabu, is out for a very long period of time and returns. But when he returns, to ECW, he is not the Tasmaniac anymore. Nope. And even Joey Styles, I'll never forget the night. Joey Styles is the voice you heard on that match commentary with me. Was a man, and and he says his name,
1: yep. Peter
2: Urchel. Yep. doesn't even he goes. But you will know him as Taz. And here's Taz, towel around the neck, jacket on, hat on, straight shooter look. And you know he's a true badass. You know he's a judo expert. He's been trained in martial arts. He He's a legit guy. He has the look. He has the style. He has the moveset. Please tell me who the human suplex machine. This is his nickname, for Christ's sake. The human suplex machine. Dropping guys on their heads. I mean, let's. was there anyone more real than Taz at that point? I, I I I would beg anybody nope. to argue with me on that. So when he gets in there, and you have to understand too, this isn't this isn't PG era. We're talking about they're dropping the f word on their show. I mean it's his. I mean fighting the fans. I, I mean how many times has has Bubba Ray Dudley gone on record of saying the fans were coming over the barricade? They were ready to fight. This is this is it was the Wild West. It was Outlaw yep. City. So here's a legit. Badass who says beat me if you can survive if i let you Woo! and brings out now it has become something different in current day so for all your newer fans in aw the ftw belt was built on that this yep. man made his own world championship the f the world championship in response to the ecw heavyweight title so Come on, I, I, to me, that's the greatest because that is just—you blurred that line, and what's real, what's what's you know scripted. You don't know anymore. That that hits it to me. That's the greatest.
0: I think I think you guys missed one and only one that I want to throw in there. See if you guys know it. You ready?
2: Go for it. What does everybody want? Head. <laughs> man he was
1: so over in ecw oh
2: my god they bought they bought cases of those styrofoam manne- mannequin heads yep and the crowds were nuts i used to have one and I, I lost it i lost <laughs> it in the move okay my however mine came from an actual ecw show my leftover okay okay shirt of the week calm down <laughs> <Let> me- <laughs>
1: no, problem the fact that he got head at an ECW show.
2: Oh. I-, <laughs> <me good> <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. Actually, no. Um <laughs> No, it's it, I, like ECW produced so many great things like that. It's, it's just like you know, and the sad part is so much of it was watered down when when you see these guys get to other companies. Yep. Um, i mean quick side note how about um did you guys get get to watch the uh fmw episode of dark side of the ring last week yep and there's just like like little bits and i'm like okay here's taboo you know here's the original chic you know two just wild crazy crazy wrestlers and then out of nowhere here's here's a mike awesome sighting mike awesome coming in and breaking up the yakuza from trying to kill sabu for jump diving into the crowd on top of him Yep. Yeah. like mike awesome a lot of people unfortunately will remember mike awesome as you know the the wcw when the he fat chick thriller the fa- <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> stole it right from me <laughs> exactly so many people remember that But not, how about Mike Awesome uh, versus uh, Tanaka in ECW and their series of matches. You want to talk about, go back and watch some absolute car crashes. I mean, terrifying, like probably taken like years off of life. You know, rest in peace, Mike Awesome. But Man, like ECW produced that kind of stuff. This is this is what I grew up watching. Like wild, wild stuff. So yeah, that's why I I can't I can't deny. I have to go with Taz. I I just think that was just such a great catchphrase for that period of wrestling, and for that character. That's the other thing I gauge this off of. You know, I I think it. I think each one of our picks here is the personification. It's not just the wording; it's the character it's associated with. Ric Flair. I mean the you know, jet flying. Lim- well, maybe I pretty much shouldn't say jet Limit flying jet- Yeah, I mean <laughs> the helicopter. <laughs> jet yeah, hel- helicoptering, and well, anyway, wheeling, uh, mean, son of a gun. And then you know, Austin three sixteens. As I just whooped your ass. Like, who? What better character to have that phrase? I mean, that personified the character, and I think that that's what goes to a catchphrase. It's really like you know, it has to be a part of that character. You can't just have any random person blurting out some words. It's not going to hit. It has to be the right person. And for me, Taz, you know, beat me. If you can survive, if I let you, that's a man. And you know, he's going to the ring and, and somebody might die tonight. Like that, that's legit. The feeling you get. So I, I I think I, all, all these picks are great. Good stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and guys, if you're listening out there and you have, uh, you know, want to offer your takes on any of these, reach out to us. Uh, on Facebook, on uh, uh, Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see on our overlay here how to reach us and stuff, and we'll give our socials at the end of the show. Uh, and again, if there's a topic you would like for us to shoot on, please let us know. And to anyone that's uh, taking the time to listen to an episode or watch an episode on YouTube. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate the love that we've been getting lately and stuff. Uh, but getting right back into the to uh, the show here, recently on an episode of Monday Night Raw, uh, we saw the uh, uh, reuniting of uh, one of my favorite factions of recent memory. I believe I know Javon was a big fan of this group, um, and that would be the Hurt Business.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh God, he had to
1: go
2: there.
1: Uh, Um, anyways,
2: DDJ, big T-bar fan.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Here's an Austin salute for you. (laughs) But, uh, anyways, what? Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to wish uh, the, hot, the, the, the hot one as well as uh, the premiere the Best in the Future Endeavors. Uh, open auditions Jeez. to uh, fill these two roles will take place
0: very soon. Uh, star search. No, we're going to do
2: American Idol style. There you go. Have them call in and vote. Doop, 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 no, actually,
1: no. We're going to do Masked Singer style. I was going to
2: say, put on like a big mouse head or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, It was me, DDJ. It was me all along. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of catchphrases.
1: (laughs) But uh, anyways, (laughs) we also recently with the developments of the WWE draft, we saw uh, the group Hit Row called up to the main roster from NXT. I mean, you got all the great factions going on in, you know, AEW as well as WWE. And throughout the years we talk about groups like the shield we talk about you know the four horsemen we talk about degeneration x and stuff but there are a lot of groups out there that really don't get a lot of love that they should so gentlemen i ask you the question which faction out there deserves more love than it gets and i'm going to take the initiative on this one and leave this one off uh Many of you guys know I'm a huge fan of the old school wrestling, you know, 70s, 80s, you know, early 90s. I love all the old stuff because it's just it's back when I first started getting into wrestling. And it's kind of nice to always relive those memories. And one of the 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 early memories I had about early 90s WCW was this group. And it started all, you know, it just it started out with one person. And that was Paul E. Dangerously. You know, he didn't like the way that he was being treated in, you know, WCW. And he set out to take over that. But he did, he did it over time. And it started with a, a wrestler by the name of the WCW Halloween Phantom. He, he You know, he brings him in to uh, wrestle at Halloween Havoc, beats the Z-Man in about a minute or so. Comes back out later with Paul, Paul E. Dangerously to do a promo. The guy takes off his mask and it's ravishing Rick Rude. That was step one. Then we cut to an episode of, I believe it was WCW Saturday night, where he's like, you know what? I'm taking over this company and I'm bringing in all of these people. <laughs> so he brings, he brings in the following guys. He brings in stunning Steve Austin. He brings in Arn Anderson. He brings in Larry Zabisco. He brings in beautiful Bobby Eaton and he brings in Medusa. I mean, this group here called the Dangerous Alliance—they ran roughshod over WCW for just about a year, year and a half, almost two years—and there really was, there was really, there really wasn't a collective group out there that could really hang with them, except for you know Sting and his guys. But of course, that's because you know Sting was the man back then. But you think about this group—either there are seven members that I mentioned. You know, you had dangerously Medusa. Rude, Austin, Eaton, Anderson, and Zabisco. Five of those seven guys are currently in the WWE Hall of Fame. One will be, the uh, probably dangerously, Paul Heyman, will be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And beautiful Bob Eaton, even though he technically never wrestled in WWE, he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, along with, uh, with Stan Lane and uh, Dennis Condry as part of the Midnight Express. 100%. There, are, there are very few groups out there that have that many members or that many parts in which every single one of them is a hall of famer or is going to be a hall of famer. But the, the, the biggest travesty is that nobody talks about this group. Only your hardcore fans, only your, you know, WCW diehards, you know, you, you know, the, the dangerous alliance isn't something that you're hear, you hear muttered amongst, you know, the casual wrestling fans, or the newer fans, or everything, and just for those of you who are, you know, you know, younger that listen to this show or just recently got into wrestling, go back on, you know, Peacock if you're out of the country and you still get the WWE network. First off, you lucky SOBs. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, go on, you know, go on YouTube and just look up the, the Dangerous Alliance. Like, look at their promos. I mean, you think about. At, I believe it was Halloween Havoc 1991 before the official formation of the Dangerous Alliance when, you know, Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham are coming to the show and then Anderson and Zabisco jump them and break Windham's, you know, wrist in the, in the car. You look at, you know, them take, you know, basically almost winning all the titles. You had Austin with the TV title, Rude with the U.S. You had Anderson and Eaton with the, uh, the tag titles. Um, I mean, it's just, and then you have that epic, epic war games match in, at Wrestle War nineteen ninety two against Sting Squadron. And I mean that ta- that group alone, Sting Squadron, is a, is a great collection of talent. But it's just, it's just, it, 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 guys, just go watch the Danger alliance Just they, these guys are so good, and they just deserve mm-hmm. so much more love than they get. Um, uh,
2: Joey, what do you got? Um, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, that's that's my honorable mention, the Dangerous Alliance. However, uh, to our resident wrestling historian, DDJ, um, the downfall of that, I think, really, correct me if I'm wrong here, if, if you know, wasn't the downfall of the whole Dangerous Alliance based on Paulie getting fired from WCW, which is still not allowed to be talked about to this day because of lawsuits and agreements between... Turner and Pauly's legal team and things like that. Something that no one talks about and no one has the whole story on. Correct.
1: It, it very well could be because it just, it just seemed like as, as, as you know, as quickly as they rose, it just, it seemed like, you know, overnight it's just, that was it. You know, everybody kind of went their own separate ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it, I, waiting to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> There, there can be a couple dark side episodes on Paulie. you know, his time in WCW, the ECW side, mm-hmm. you know, the back and forth with WWE. I mean, you could do a whole season on Paulie probably, but um, that collection of talent, as far as a faction goes, is one of the probably greatest collections of talent. Like you said, everyone's in the Hall of Fame there. Paulie will be in the Hall of Fame. Bobby Eaton will be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, you know, sure the WWE's not. are... Yeah, he should be now, to be honest with you. But, you know, we all know WWE's take on tag team wrestling and how, I mean, how many years did it take for the Hart Foundation to be inducted to the damn Hall of Fame? The Freebirds. The Freebirds getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. However, you know, they have made a point that there are talent that's never stepped in a WWE ring, per se, that is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, so we've set that precedent. So I, I would love to see beautiful Bobby Eaton make it in there. But, I mean, we're talking about the living legend Larry Sabisco, stunning Steve Austin as this young up-and-coming guy who would later come become the one of, if not the greatest superstar of all time, you know, popularity-wise. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, ravishing Rick Rude. I mean, you want to talk about an underrated talent in general? absolutely rick rude from the awa to the wwf to wcw back to the wwf back to wcw um and a man and this is gonna, you know don't forget I know, about
1: his time in ecw
2: and ecw yes the, he had a brief period in ecw i mean so many so many talent came through ecw you know that people forget about um and I know I'm, I'm sure to get flack about the Brody Lee thing, even though I really, like I said, I, I as much as I love Brody, I think we just never saw the best. Rick Rude's another guy in that category. We saw I, we saw some really great matches from Rick Rude, but damn it, if like injury, uh, he had the neck injury um, in the early 90s, that's what led him to WCW in the first place. He ends up getting surgery at that point. Um, I mean, he was the world heavyweight champion WCW for a while, a title he probably should have carried in the WWF at some point, because my God, would there be a better, was there a better heel in WWF 88, 89, 90 than ravishing Rick rude and look no further than his feud with Jake Roberts. He put Jake Roberts wife on his tights right over his crotch. I mean, you want to talk about heat? Holy hell. Not Mm. to mention, he shows up in Cincinnati, Ohio. All you fat, out of shape Cincinnati sweat hogs. I mean, the man was one of the greatest heels in the history of professional wrestling. Amazing on a microphone. Unbelievably talented in the ring. So, my honorable mention, I I go with you on the Dangerous lines. However, I'm going to stick current for my faction that deserves more love than they get and this is because they're on a smaller company right now islands unlimited from ring of honor you have your leader brody king brody an unbelievable talent um there's nothing better i enjoy on the weekends gentlemen than listening to the song god's hate from the band god's hate on the album god's hate Brody's awesome. Unbelievably talented in the ring. Unbelievable worker. I I, just, I love everything he does. Deserving of the Ring of Honor heavyweight title. You have the dirty daddy, Chris Dickinson. You want to talk about a modern day shoot fighter? Watch Chris Dickinson in New Japan Strong. Watch him on Ring of Honor. Watch him in GCW. Had a hell of a great match in gcw what was highest in the room yep was yeah i mean hell of a great match um i mean he's he in recent weeks he's had matches um the violence unlimited versus lfi amazing match in philly at best in the world um you have chris dickinson versus Jacob fought too, which just two dudes who are unbelievably talented in their own right there. Um, you have so many great matches. Am I missing the Suzuki? I missed the Suzuki match, didn't I? I yeah. mean, the, the Japanese badass legend, Minaro Suzuki. I think mean, Dickinson is the modern day shoot fighter that if you enjoy realism in wrestling, you'll enjoy his work. You have the legend Homicide. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Love watching Homicide work. He's just, oh, man, you know, I he this is I, I don't know how this is going to go over, but he's in that new Jack category where yeah, you can watch him do like pull out, you know, a fork out of his pocket and stab somebody in the face. Or you can watch him work a match and watch him really sell. That's the thing I think that homicide is so underrated. Everybody thinks about the violence, the blood, hitting the cop killer for the finish, which looks unbelievably dangerous. But, I mean, the man can sell his ass off. Unbelievable talent. And, of course, I don't have my sign up tonight, but Tony Depp one Tony Deppen, one, <laughs> Depp one of the best talents. Pennsylvania boy. Love him to death. He can work any style of match. Um, And he's a guy who can go technical. He can go, you know, hardcore. There, there's no end to it. He comes out. He's an absolute ass to the crowd, but he comes out. People eat it up. And they want to see that guy sign. They want to see him on a permanent roster somewhere, you know, and I love it. That group as a whole has a mix, a little bit of flavor for everybody. I think that's the the characteristic for a great faction. You have to have a little something for everybody and a group that's named violence unlimited. You think is going to be, well, they're going to be really hardcore. They're going to come out here, do this, do that, but you can get the technical side of stuff. You can get the power moves. You can get the crazy hardcore stuff. Um, and you get some really good storytelling out of it. It's, that's a win for me. those guys deserve all the love in the world as far as a faction goes.
0: All right great, great take uh, Jay, what do you got? man I, I I just want to start off with you know, I like how this question has brought out everyone's fandom. DDJ man. goes back to some of the oldies book goodies that should have gotten more praise than, the, than they actually got you know people that should have gotten what they deserved in you know by the fans' perspective. Joey goes straight to ROH, one of the promotions that he loves the most, to a group that he loves the most. Yep. I'm going to take mine to a company that I hold the banner for a lot as well. I'm going to say this. For a good faction, I want everything to be great. I want the build to be great. I want the anticipation for the faction to be great. I want the reveals of the members to be great. And that's what this faction gave us. The Prince Justice Brotherhood? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Prince Justice Brotherhood. No. I'm talking about the faction that is known to some as the Dead Man's Hand. Ooh. Poland. We're taking it back to TNA Wrestling with aces and eights.
2: Ah, oh, man. That's a, such a great call
0: guys great call great 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 call the reveals of who was in this faction they had all their foot soldiers everybody was masked everybody the biker gangs that would come out then i think they debuted taking out sting in a hall of fame either you know announcement or induction something where he was in, he was talking about him going into the TNA hall of fame i believe you're correct mm-hmm. they take out sting then they come out one by one you start getting members unveiled some of them were some misses, like, uh, I don't know, Nux. But you get Taz was a part of Aces and Eights. Yep. You get Divon You got D-Lo Brown, the D-O-C, known as, you know, Luke Gallows, Doc Gallows, however you want to call him, the Big Gallows. Um, You had, in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers to ever fall off the face of the freaking planet. And Mr. Anderson. Yep. Anderson. And then the unveiling of the man that's running the show. The man who will go on to win the impact, t- the TNA title at that time, twice. Yep. Bully Ray. Guys, I, I think... The whole issue between having the main event mafia going at the exact same time as Aces and Eights robbed a lot of its momentum because
2: mm-hmm.
0: the main event mafia was badass too. You had all the main event guys looking like, you know, straight up mob bosses coming out with the black and white striped gears. And these were main eventers, these were certified big time guys from everywhere else come together to take out the threat. But the threat never got the love they deserved. Aces and Nates, hell of a faction, hell of a way to really do long-term reveals, long-term who's running this whole shit dig. And by God, I really do not know what the hell happened to Mr. Anderson. Yeah.
2: Hey, um, let, me, let me piggyback on you real quick for two seconds here. You know, I, like, both of your answers, amazing. Two factions that deserve way more love than they ever got. Um Javon, you hit it perfect. You have a warring faction of megastars. And that's a hard road to come to, to come across. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that got me for aces and eights, and this is why I loved your pick so much. You know, you have to also remember too, what's happening outside of the wrestling world at that that point, one of the hottest shows on television yeah. Yeah. was sons of anarchy um a show i really loved i enjoyed i watched episode one all the way through the finale i loved it um and th- it piggybacked so perfect i mean it was just it, it drew you in you're like oh i'll i'll watch this i love sons of anarchy i want to see what they're doing with this motorcycle gang type faction um and it roped me in but 100% they they had they had some great talent under uh, the collection of talent in each group so amazing yep individually so amazing so this is why they deserve the more love as a faction than they got you know i mean mm-hmm. I, and that that's the part that really boggles my mind yeah, you know, looking at these names that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, even like so, my pick is is more modern, a lot a lot more co- current. You know, of course, Homicide's probably the veteran of the whole group, but Homicide's not the mainstream. He's not a mainstream name. No. You have to be a wrestling fan to know who Homicide is. But if you are a wrestling fan to know who Homicide is, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Right. And 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 that's the kicker. But you know, you talk about Rick Rude. I mean household name through the eighties and the nineties deserve more love and affection. You talk about, you know, a guy like Ken Anderson, Mr. Anderson is should have been way, way, way more over than he got. Um, especially in especially in his TNA run. Yeah. That was a big one. So, you know, God. Great picks, man. This I was looking forward to this question. I'm really glad we got got to this one because that. I mean, those two factions you guys yeah. pulled out were just awesome.
1: And, and one thing I wanted to add on before we move on to our last topic here about what uh, Jay said with the aces and eights. Um, a few months ago, I was I think I was sitting at my mother in law's house. I think we were all staying over there or something like that. And I was I turned on uh Access TV. Impact got over. And usually after impact, they have like the impact in 60 where they have like, you know, like mm-hmm. profile, they show matches from like, you know, talent that's part of the company or used to be part of the company. And this particular episode was one they did on aces and eight. And the two matches they showed, the first one was from, I think it was the 2012 bound for glory. It was Sting and bully Ray against the aces and eights where the stipulation was as if, you know, the aces and eights won they would get access, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they would be, they would be basically allowed access into impact wrestling. And, you know, the aces and eights won, but then they, that's when they had the first big reveal of the first member. And that was Devon. And you look at like Bully Ray's face is like, like he was shocked, you know, like he couldn't believe that this is like this guy who was like a brother to him and, you know, did this and stuff. And then you fast forward, A few months later to, uh, I believe it was lockdown with, uh, you know, the main event was Bully Ray and Jeff Hardy. And, you know, it came down to the end where, you know, the Aces and eights surrounded the ring. And by this time, we pretty much knew everybody who was in the group at the point in time. And basically it came down to, you know, they all surrounded the cage and Bully and Jeff were ready to fight. But then while Jeff had his back turned, you see, I think, Devon tossed him like a crowbar or a pipe or something. And that's when you got the reveal of who the leader was. You know, Bully clocked Jeff with the pipe, one, two, three, pinned the t- One, the you know, pinned him, won the championship, and it was on from there. And I remember just thinking to myself, I was like, "That was such an amazing reveal." Like, I think I went on Twitter and I tweeted Bully Ray, and I said, "You know, watching this stuff about Aces and Aces, I said, "Man, that was some really good." I'd forgotten how good this was, and he re- he actually replied to me and I was like we tell stories and one of the (laughs) things that made aces and eights so good was like what, you know, Jay said the way that they did it. I mean, it wasn't just uh, all these guys come out, you know, this is who we are, blah, blah, blah. It was done so well just over such a gradual period of time. It was just, yeah, it was just unreal. So,
2: Hey hey, kids, all you kids listening, it's called long-term storytelling can you because say
1: long-term storytelling
2: long term yeah that was it was it was a two month long i want to say it was two to three month long reveal until we got to bully ray being the leader i think yeah, it might
1: like closer about like six months or something was it? like that I, my it was, time uh,
2: frame my time frame's is a little hazy but i know it was months until it was a few months got. yeah that is that is perfect long-term storytelling you don't even know who the leader is for six yeah. months oh and what, and, a and, and
1: what made it like it, that great was after the reveal bully ray came on and said the clues were there all along and he sat there and he laid out everything like he connected all the dots and it just kind of yes. you know just God, it um I just yeah. So we got one more topic here we're gonna discuss. <laughs> and it's uh going to be we're it's a little new segment that we're going to uh debut here on the show. And uh we're gonna call it uh well here, I'll let you see for your here for yourselves. Underrated, overrated. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We are debuting the new segment here on our show called Underrated overrated where we're going to pick a discussion topic and we're going to each give our take on something that's underrated concerning this topic and overrated and uh we're going to go with uh tag teams here and uh you know what uh joey why don't you go ahead and lead this off oh let's you know what let's do uh what do you want to do first under underrated or overrated
2: let's let's go with overrated all right. His, uh, th- the doctor is now in. Dr. Oh, Joey God. K is uh, uh throwing the old glove on here. Cough twice. Because I'm about I'll to dig up first. I'm about to dig <laughs> up in the ass of the IWC right now and ruin everybody's night by telling you right now, the most overrated tag team in professional wrestling, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Those (laughs) two ass clowns. (laughs) There's a couple of no-talent ass clowns out here that are riding the coattails of a group that has become a sideshow comedy act that drives me absolutely insane. I do love Brody Lee. I thought his reveal as the leader of the dark order was awesome. Uh, I will always stick by that. However, due to the unfortunate circumstances of Brody passing, you left an entire faction. And this to me is a miss for Tony Khan. This all ties into the whole show right now. We never got to see the best of Brody Lee. In my opinion, we never, as far as booking goes with Tony Khan, this is one aspect i think he has no idea what he's doing with because i don't need a comedy sideshow with 18 people running around in it you know coming out all the time i i do, it, it has become a sideshow it became a sideshow after the passing of brody and it all goes back and this i'll go back to the big debut on dynamite this oh who who's that Evil Uno and Stu Grayson coming out as the Dark Horse. They debuted, and I was like, are you, are you serious? I was expecting some major surprise, and I got the Super Smash Bros, which they're not allowed to be called because of copyrights on national TV. Come on. I think they're just way overrated. People love them because they love Brody. They love them because of you know the dark water will forever be synonymous with Brody Lee. But I just can't get into it. It I don't get it. It doesn't hit me. Everybody has so much love and thinks they're wonderful. Now, side note, hey, props to evil Uno. He he's he's lost a, a lot of weight, got himself in really great shape. He's looking really good lately. I think that's awesome. Stu Grayson. I never think he gets the credit he should deserve because as an individual talent, he's got the chops. He's got what he needs and they're overrated because they're part of a comedy sideshow. I mean, all respect, like you're, you're having like a 10 year old kid come out and throw papers at evil Uno on dynamite. And I know why, and I understand why, but Heartless. It is a, it's a, it's not heartless, it's the truth. Like it it really you're gonna sit there and you're gonna tell me that a show that has CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, all this, but our main event that is is you know eighty seven members of the dark order wearing masks led by Evil and Stu Grayson. Come on, that they're, they're overrated. They're not tag team champ material, especially in a tag team division that has the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, FTR. I mean, come on. They're not title contenders. They're the mid card of a tag team division that is way stacked. Um, That's that's my that's my overrated take. I, I mean, uh, uh, uh. It's, it's smell the glove. It and smell the glove, Spinal so Tap. Jay, who do you got? Oh, God. It'll be surprising
0: if we have anybody left after this episode. Nope. Guys, come back. back.
2: Sorry, guys.
0: Be part of the shooting club. I promise you, you won't be here when we unleash the shooting club. Just give us another chance. I know Joey's gone a little hot tonight. We've gone a little hot tonight. And I'm not going to cool things off with my next pick. (laughs) Here we go.
2: (laughs) Give it to me. Give it to me.
0: I have a hard time saying that this pick was one of the best tag teams when one of the people in the tag team wasn't even the best wrestler in his household. Whoa, Stop wow. it. Stop
2: <laughs> it right now. My My, j- delete this episode. Delete this episode right now. Delete. The Heart Foundation
0: <laughs> with Bretza and Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. <laughs> In all honesty, they are a great tag team. The overratedness comes in where people think that they are the greatest or one of the greatest of all time. They are not. Like I stated, Bret wasn't even the best heart. Owen was by far the more superior wrestler. He was just not braggadocious. He wasn't going to tell you that he is the best there was, the best there is, and the best there ever will be. He just went out there and fucking did it till he died in the ring. How much more proof do you need that the man was about the craft? Actually,
1: I beg to differ. I think Owen was very braggadocious about being the best art, but it played into his his, his
0: character so but well. It, into the character. But that's the whole thing. For Owen, he actually backed it up. I feel like Brett is the little brother who kind of just wanted to be Owen, but he knows he wasn't Owen. What? Dude, He's even. He's the older brother. I know. Hey, but that's the thing, though. It feels like little brother syndrome where he's like, well, no, I'm the best. I want to be the best. You're the best. I'm the best. Dude. I want to be the very best. Like,
1: oh. no, no, wait, wrong, wrong, wrong yeah.
2: show. Yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But no, honestly, honestly, Owen was the better wrestler and it felt like, you know, people put Brett in such a prestige, like such a prestigious light that anything Brett touched was gold. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I never liked Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I'm sorry to all the Anvil fans. I don't get it, especially when he got older in age and it looked like he was hauling a 50 pound, 55 pound gut in the ring. Once again, nothing but love to the Anvil fans. It wasn't my cup of tea. But there Jesus was so, <laughs> so weird. Are, we are done. <laughs> it's not... it's so... was better tag teams out there than the heart foundation guys, the Legion of doom out just to put it out. There was one of the best is the best. There was the best there will be in the, you know, yeah. I'm sorry to all you foundation people, all the Canadians that I've pissed off to everybody. That's probably going to stop listening now. I think Brett, the Hitman Heart, is overrated. He wasn't even the best heart. Jim, the Anvil, he was an Anvil. You know, he was just there to be big and hit somebody. It, it didn't work for me. Sorry. Overrated. Well, there's
1: probably there's one Canadian out there who I think it's probably calling for your head right now. I told that Canadian to his face. Yeah. Well. <laughs> anyways, uh, that's a, that's enough Canada talk there. Wow. This, I'm not so-
2: sorry. sorry. I thought my take was was bad. Jesus!
1: <laughs> well, 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 wait a minute.
2: Uh, we haven't even gotten to TDJ. No, no, you no, haven't gotten to mine. Uh, let's just burn and, this place to the ground. And,
1: and, and the biggest travesty about that my the tag team I'm about to name is that they were na- they were one of the top ten WWE tag teams of all time when WWE put out their their special a few months you know a couple months ago on Peacock where they named the 50 greatest tag teams. And honestly, like the team that I'm going with was a team that really wasn't a a team other than when it was like a necessity. It's like, oh, yeah, we got nothing for these guys. Let's just throw them together. And you talked about like hot takes. I mean, you can't really get any hotter than mine because uh, my tag team that I'm going to go with, I say is extremely overrated. Are the brothers of destruction?
2: Oh, we've lost we, it. And,
0: and don't get me we, wrong, we've we lost everyone. Degree. Now we've shit on three <laughs> generations of wrestling. Fantastic,
2: right? Right. Oh
0: like I said, God. if we're going down, we're going down with a
1: bang. Yeah. Or in my case, a bang, bang, bang. Here we go. But, um <laughs> but first off. <laughs> How are the Brothers of Destruction a better tag team than rated higher than say teams like Demolition and the British Bulldogs?
2: Because it's the understanding. Yeah, i yeah. see that's that's a problem. So that's a huge problem. I I like I and I'll agree with you, DJ. I'm gonna let you finish. Uh Kanye <laughs> West Taylor Swift. Yeah, right uh, I'm gonna let, let finish. you finish. But no, truthfully though, you are a hundred percent right because you took two individual talents. And put them together because of a story As a team sporadically hey, brother,
0: just like the Heart Foundation
2: They're actually like brother-in-laws They're related by marriage They're
0: more related than the Undertaker Not just Mark. by
2: relative height Okay like that's, that's Or
0: storyline
2: I mean Dean Mark and Isaac Yankum aren't related You're talking about the greatest dentist of professional wrestling Of all time Isaac Yankum the, Oh sorry and Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> DDJ, fin- finish your. Tell tell him why. Tell him why.
1: Well, I mean, when you think about it, why would you ever want to team up with someone who, you know, first off, killed your mom and dad, <laughs> exhumed their bodies, Put them on stage. Then then Kane slams The Undertaker into his mother's casket. They have matches where they try to set each other on fire. Buried each other alive, which I believe Kane is responsible for burying The Undertaker alive twice.
2: God damn, I missed the 90s.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, The Undertaker and Kane, like... You know, Kane's in the hall just went in the Hall of Fame. Undertaker's is, is a lock, you know, and, and, and stuff. But it's just for them to, like I said, be ranked over teams like the British Bulldogs, like Demolition, like Strike
0: Force. Um, DJ, do you know why they're ranked so high and why they got together? Why? Because sometimes you just need your older brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> But I, I just, like I said, all due respect and stuff. But, like, it's just, there was no, they they weren't together. And a little bit of an honorable mention for, for this category. This is going to be another one I think is going to kind of, you know, you know kind of go, make it go, whoa. I'm going to go with the Rock and Sock connection because I think they were extremely overrated as a tag team as well, too.
2: We just don't want fans. We just don't want Dude, people We to- don't want <laughs> fans. Like we we've insulted fans, we've insulted casual fans, we've insulted just the random parents who've watched wrestling go, oh, "I I like the Rock and Sock connection. They're they're great." We've insulted everyone we possibly could tonight.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh but, my but, god. But you know what though? It, 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 if you if you like The Undertaker and Kane as a tag team, more power to you.
2: Hey, I agree with you. You like who you like. If you like the Dark Water and Stu Grayson, and evil know. You like the Heart Foundation, like I do, and I disagree with with Javon one hundred and ten percent. Or if you I like, for some reason, that, one. that for some reason the the brothers of destruction, of you're a fan of theirs. Uh, enjoy what you enjoy like what you like we're here to support that we we have opinions and takes and yes we try to make them kind of humorous and funny and think outside the box and give you various points of view that might pop into our heads randomly at 2 a.m for no reason just like oh i gotta save that for the show so that's what we do here but enjoy what you're going to enjoy please
1: yes so so we talked about overrated Now let's get into a little uh, underrated tag teams. And uh, Joey, why don't you go ahead and lead us off on that one too. Mm. Let's start winding it down.
2: All right. Underrated tag team. Now this is, this is a, this is a hard one. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are overrated. And by the way, just to give you guys a heads up, my number two overrated team. Now you really want to talk about throwing hatred out there. The road warriors. Oh, I can't be your friend anymore. I I don't need friends. I got family. But let me tell you, overrated, and Uh, I'll tell you why they were on my list as overrated because they were an entrance, they were gear, and they went in the ring and just beat Uh. the piss out of people. You don't don't say anything down there. Don't say anything down there. You're telling me, okay, I just I just went on a rant about. (laughs) The way we look at professional wrestlers after an early passing, unfortunate and sad, but we look back so fondly and you're going to tell me that Owen was the
0: better heart. Yes, everyone says it. everyone will agree. Everyone
2: (laughs) says it because a Brett's still here and Brett tells everybody he's the best, but B is because Owen passed. And we never got to see a complete career. So we have this segment of time. It's the same way with Brody Lee. We have a segment of time to reflect on. And we don't get to see a whole picture. We never will. That's the bad part. Also, by the way, we never see a whole picture with Brett. Because after he got his concussion from Goldberg, he was never the same. And he retired and had the stroke and all those things. Unfortunate circumstances. This isn't, this isn't ballet. This is... You can get hurt. You can tragically, unfortunately, pass in the ring. A lot of wrestlers have. But... <clears throat> anyway, I gotta get off that because I'm literally gonna fly to Texas and punch you in the face. Um, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> under underrated I'll fly a- <laughs> <silly>. <laughs> Yeah, you you better one of these meeting
1: each other halfway.
2: That's right. I'll meet you in Kentucky, goddamn. Oh Jesus, we gotta go there. <laughs> no uh no no, no. All, all are all one fan in Kentucky. We love you. Um no, uh God. All right, underrated, underrated. This is this one's harder to me than over. Uh, you can always pull out overrated tag teams and every you can have an opinion anywhere you want. And obviously we threw out major names, major players all across the board here for overrated. overrated. But underrated, hard because you look at it from from a few. I looked at it from a few angles where were teams underrated? My pick is underrated and overrated or somewhere in, in between. between. Okay,
1: hmm.
2: but I will say this it's very specific where and when they were underrated and deserve more appreciation. <laughs> Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard as the brain busters in the WWF, Ooh. absolutely at that point, underrated. Now, I, I should never say they're overrated because they were part of the Four Horsemen, they're that original four horsemen that you consider you know but underrated when they left when they went to the WWF a little bit of it is on Tully because Tully got fired uh failed a drug test ended up getting fired um and that led to pretty much almost the end of his career at that point uh his in-ring career for for a long while but um th- they were a legit tag team absolute superstars could have carried the company for years in that tag team division. And part of the problem, I think Javon has look at the tag team division. When we were talking about the heart foundation, heart foundation in its infancy had really great teams to work with. Then there's a lull. Then you have gimmicks. Forgive me the rockers as much as i grew up a fan of the rockers because they were the northeast version of the rock and roll express but you know they they were never the well, i mean technically they did win the tag team title one night in the busted rope match against the heart foundation yep. which they just erased from history but you know they were never the team to carry the titles and the face of the company god forgive me for this demolition a knockoff of the Road Warriors, yeah. WWF's answer to the Road Warriors. Um, and then you have a lot of just random tag teams, random, you know, nobody's super memorable. You never really had major feuds. I never liked the nasty boys, I could care less about the nasty boys. I mean, think about this. The Hart Foundation had a WrestleMania match against the Bolsheviks. Yeah, that's part I of mean, that match
1: was Steve Allen
0: beforehand. And they're the greatest of all time.
2: <laughs> the, the most underrated tag team of all time. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, I started laughing at that thinking, how do I spin that? No. Um, so the, my, my issue with Arden Tully is the brain busters in the WWF is they went to the WWF and they didn't have the talent to work with mm-hmm. as tag teams, but collectively, they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time from one of the greatest factions of all time. I I, look at today it's 2021 and we are talking about the horsemen. We're talking about Tully Blanchard, a still getting in the ring. Holy hell looked phenomenal for what he could pull off still. Okay. At his age, not really being a worker anymore, but look great for what he could do. Uh, Still absolute money on the microphone with FTR with Sean Spears. I mean, he's, he's got it. He's got it. Arn love Arn. One of the best. We just talked the dangerous Alliance. One of the faces of an underrated faction. One of the faces of the most popular factions of all time. So collectively, yes, They're amazing. Great tag team. Underrated because they never got the WWF run that they did deserve. It was cut short for multiple reasons. And I think also a big part of it was they didn't have the talent to work with there. Vince to me never is 100% in on tag team wrestling. Look at WCW. Some of the best tag teams came out that were in WCW in the NWA. We're talking Mm -hmm. about the Midnight. We're talking about rock and roll Yep, we're talking about i mean move on the list we're talking about harlem heat guys like this The steiners the steiners oh again another underrated in wwf tag team and now to the point where they can't even mention that rick steiner's son is rick steiner's son and he's going to be the face of nxt very soon like yep. let's be real so but arnon tully for me it just so underrated for what they did. I don't think they're appreciated enough for what they did. They're appreciated for the work of the four horsemen, but not as a tag team. Yeah. That's that's a cry.
0: Yeah.
1: So so for me, I, I I go back again, much like I did with the Dangerous Alliance to uh you know 90s WCW time, earliest, you know, times. And this tag team came about because you know they didn't really have much for these two guys working. And this was coming off the heels of uh, Steve Austin's, you know, run in the dangerous Alliance coming to an end and stuff. And uh, he got paired up with a, you know, the late Brian Pillman and man, when these two got together, it was magic. I mean, it was just one of those things where it's just, they come together, they work, they fit together like peanut butter and jelly and just, uh, I, for me my underrated tag team because absolutely nobody talks about these guys i'm going with the hollywood blondes love it one of my all-time favorite tag teams and a little bit of a fun fact here the he, the very first heels that i openly rooted for were these two guys right here because i was i love these guys so much and just how good they were together not only like when it came to cutting promos and they were interacting with each other when they were, like, shooting, you know, the film and stuff as they were beating up on the guys, you know, and, like, framing the shots and everything. But, I mean, just these guys worked so well together. Like, they they clicked, and, I mean, within a matter of, like, a month or two of them, you know, teaming up, they were already world tag team champions. And the, the biggest travesty about this team is that, once they got they got so over and so popular that they ended up being broken up because of it you know and it's just you know austin would go his way and pillman went his way and it's just they these guys had so much more to offer and i think that's one of the reasons why they don't get talked about a lot is because they weren't together for like a real extended period of time but man for that time when they were together there really wasn't a tag team out there that was better than those two. So, for me, my underrated team is the
0: Hollywood Blondes. Jay, close us out strong, man. The hell of a pick, brother. I kind of wish that Stone Cold Steve Austin would have had a son so we could have the remake of that. But, Jesus. Mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got what we got in the Varsity Blondes now. BPJ is doing what he can. So, uh, that's a good pick. Joey K. I I I could see your pick. You know, the Brain Busters. I, I'm a fan. I have couple of shirts of theirs so Mm -hmm. definitely see them not getting the full respect that they deserve but my team is going to take us to wwe in a time when we're trying to become a little bit real we're kind of getting out of the attitude area we're in the ruthless aggression area and these two guys team up collegiate wrestlers they pair these two collegiate wrestlers with Ooh. an Olympic gold medalist, oh, I know exactly where he's going with oh, that. Oh man, I know. my underrated team is the world's greatest tag team, Shelton yes. and Charlie Haas. Damn, that's a good one. That's Dude, a great one. These guys, I think they got the title in in a little bit over maybe month, two months. They were tag team champions. It was very quickly. Yeah, they can actually go. These were actual. Collegiate wrestlers were flying off the rings, flying through the ropes, doing Lucha style, doing just weird and crazy stuff, but they were doing it, you know, in tandem. They did a lot of crazy spots. that I don't think either of them get enough credit for. And then they had that shoot style that Joey likes that actual, Mm -hmm. these guys can really go when they need to. And you put them with the most legitimate shoot style fighter in the WWE at the time, Kurt Angle. They, they, the threesome there. I don't know why it's not really talked about more. But, dude, I know that they were just they, – they were what they said they were. They were the world's greatest tag team at that time. Great.
2: Damn, that's a, that's a good pick. That, I, I mean, I agree with both of your picks. Hollywood Blondes, for me, were probably the premier heel team Yes. of you know not between 91 and 95 wcw uh-huh. i mean and, and collect look at look at what each individual did for the business post hollywood Blondes. yep um oh man charlie haas shelton ben- benjamin i mean jeez could you get two guys that were just more talented in such a short period of time um, I know Cornette has gone on record because Shelton was – he was down there. Um, he was down at uh, OVW. Down, yep. And he he was there with Cena, with Batista, and that Randy Orton. Orton and Brock. Brock. That's why – and Brock and Shelton have a friendship to this day based off of that too. Um, and, you know, we're talking about early 2000s. Shelton Benjamin still can go just a- like he did 15 mm-hmm. years ago.
0: Has not a Amen. has R- hasn't aged. Our truth and freaking Shelton Benjamin, they share the secret of youth. Yep.
2: Our, tr- Our truth is 74 years old and no one knows <laughs> it. Nope. And and honestly, okay, all, all kidding aside, the 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 silly, funny, you know. Out there, the 247, 365, 711 title that he jokes I-65. about. Yeah. Uh Lil Jimmy. I mean, all, <laughs> <laughs> all those things are, are all all funny, but you know, truth is another guy who can go. Yeah. And make no mistake about that. But Shelton Benjamin is special. And Charlie Haas, very talented wrestler. Make no no bones about that. But Shelton Benjamin, man what a what a awesome guy cornet said that he never worked out he never he never trained like the boys he wasn't in the gym he wasn't a gym guy um Mm -hmm. he just had the ability to do what he did and now as an older man now he you know he trains works out he's getting older in age and things like that but can you imagine a guy like shelton benjamin who was really like in the gym every day just being that month he, yeah. he could have been the guy he could yeah. have been the top guy there uh in any promotion at that point but damn what two great tag teams you guys came up with um like i said my picks a little bit with an asterisk next to it because yes they do get plenty of love for other parts of their career but me specifically looking at the brainbusters as a whole—that's where I go. If I focus in on that, they're very underrated as a tag team there. Um, but all the love to them for the you know time in the Horsemen, and even now in AEW, you know, talk about a career resurgence—both of two, whole- ge- two gentlemen in their sixties, mid sixties, late yeah. sixties—that are you know, I, I mean, you know, did anybody expect Arden to get on the mic and have that promo? No. I mean,
0: impassioned promo from Arn.
2: Come on. I mean, that was that woke me up. Yeah, that woke me up. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) And I'm not going to say I was bored with the match. I'm not going to say anything like that. But it was just one of those moments where Arn just gets
0: real. He got real and it got real serious quick. You're the type of person that if you're getting carjacked, you'll get out the car and say, don't hurt me.
2: Do Mm -hmm. that. That's Ooh, good. You're cutting the character. You got we, we got 2021 got the enforcer. Yep. He got the enfor- he got the enforcer that we didn't always get in the horseman, but damn it, we got it in the dangerous alliance. That's yep. for sure. Um he he got a lot, he got a lot of that love. Um, you know, that, that promo was just absolute fire. And Tully, I mean, tell me when Tully is not money for FTR. No, I mean, and look, don't get me wrong, one of the the best tag teams in the world today. Yeah, FTR. Um, these guys they know how to work. Getting, so I mean, was even he's even done spots still at his mm-hmm. age. Tully is oh, yeah. in there and pulling off these spots, dude. And, and and he'll take a bump. Yeah, he'll he'll easily take a bump if it's pushing that match, he'll take a bump, no doubt about it. And I love that. But, like, I mean, we're talking FTR, the best tag team, in my opinion, in the world right now. These guys are talented. They're students of the game. They watch the old stuff. They watch the Midnight. They watch the Rock and Roll Express. They watch those types of matches and those teams. And they, they, You know, you don't have to go to an FTR match and, and hear people yell out tag rope right these boys got it they got it and they, they have it down and they pay that respect to those classic teams and what better way than to have one of the greatest mouthpieces from the era that they cherish and love so much and then to hear him get on the mic and get in passion even the little things go back to the um the inner circle uh pinnacle match yep. that we had uh at um double or nothing was it double or nothing? Double or nothing. Yeah. yeah, I was
1: out for a few minutes, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. So uh, we're just we're
2: just, we're just shooting on some of, some of the uh, underrated tag teams here, mm-hmm. and we're we're hitting on a couple things. And I was just saying how Tully is like you know just the little things he does when they meet up in the bar in yep. in that match yep. Yep. and. Man, he he just played it perfect from the facial expressions, everything that 2021 man's in the 60s and he still got it. Hands down, one of the best, I, you know,
0: you don't you don't I, lose how to work and he's
2: always worked. That's, that's a guy who it's riding a bicycle for him. Yep, yeah. he gets right back on it, you know.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I apologize. I had some uh, Internet issues here at the house. That's why I dropped here. For a little bit, so uh, I apologize for that. Uh, I'm sure my two guys here uh, did a great job carrying on while I was trying. We have to a re- lot
2: to apologize for tonight. I feel like
1: I feel like the whole overall
2: ep- apology. I Maybe feel we it.
1: retitle the episode. Just say call uh, shoot uh, episode six. We're sorry. We're
2: really sorry for <laughs> this one. Nah, so. And then episode seven is we're still really sorry about the last one. Please listen to this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: So, and way, if you came back thank you yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, that, so, and now that you're back it's time to wrap it up and say because yeah, i'm gonna wrap it up make sure you use blue chew before you wrap it up it always makes sure that you've got that extra little bit of length to reach the ropes when you need it ladies and gentlemen blue chew our unofficial sponsor all <laughs> then and uh
1: and again t- thank you so much for sticking around or coming back or whatever you know we really appreciate it and uh we always talk about how we want to hear from our, our you know our shooters as we like to call our fans and stuff. And the easiest way to uh to reach out to us is by getting a hold of us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh if you guys are watching this on YouTube again, you can check our uh new overlay for uh thank you to uh John Scott of uh, uh the Johnners uh podcasting network for uh, to, uh tweaking our overlay here to uh display our socials here. But for those of you who are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever, uh, this is how you can get a hold of me. Uh, You can reach me at Facebook at Dennis W. Day Jr. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis W. Day Jr. Uh, Joey, what about you?
2: This is the number one, the Pacific Island Playboy, the premier Joey K. First and foremost, we do love each and every one of you to the dozens, and I do mean damn dozens, of people who listen to our podcast every week. We if we're appreciate- still doing dozens
1: after this episode, it's going to be a freaking miracle.
2: Okay, sorry. For all four of you that will still listen to this show, number one, thanks mom, number two... We appreciate and love each and every one of you. We really only want to share our opinions, and sometimes we do get comical. Sometimes we do get carried away, but we, we do, do like like opening up other perspectives. Please, please, any hate for any of our comments tonight, direct them to Twitter at Dennis W Day Jr. <laughs> at DFW Chairman. Hey, Send hey, them hey, all the hate. On, you hold on a second. <laughs> you. direct all their hate the hate that you have for our comments and opinions particularly mine direct it to them it's their fault their questions number two uh no we see in all seriousness (laughs) no we do we do love you we love the commentary you're
1: you're you're just like my wife it's always my fault well yeah i
2: mean yeah (laughs) but that's probably because it is though let's just be real it probably there we go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you again. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness no we do we do love uh any commentary any feedback so please if you have questions you want to debate us on some topics uh and a lot of it we do we say it all out of love um i know we hit on some kind of tough topics today who's the better heart um Owen. the legacy of brody lee Amazing. you know there's 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 various items that we hit are Some tough subjects to talk about, but we, we want to give you some of our perspective and what we see and where we're coming from and uh, maybe open your thought process to a, a little bit and uh, see where it goes. So if you have dialogue, please hit up any one of us at Joe Coon on Facebook, at Joe Coon on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Also, for the that handful of people that still listen to us after this episode drops tomorrow, please, we will have a link up soon. We consider you all our shooters, but I'm going to let the hot one take over and fill you in on those details. Go for it. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I
0: am the shoot talker Skywalker, the hot one, Jay Minacho. You can find me at Facebook under Javon Minacho, which is my given name, at Twitter, just like Joey K said, at DFW Chairman. You can see it right here on the video screen if you're watching But here's a little bit of exclusive news for you guys. A little inside baseball. you ready for it? Breaking news. Breaking news. We know that you want to be part of the shooting club. Because the shooting club is worldwide. And you can show your affinity for the shooting club with our first official merch drop. We will put up the link on this video to our Teespring address. Shooting shirt comes in two colors. You have black with white or white with black. We have mugs. We have stickers. Men and women's shirts. Guys, go out there. Leave us a review on Apple. Five stars. Do the most. Go out there and get our shirts. We'll announce the names of people who get them on the next show. We'll drop the links here, but make sure you're a part of the shooting club.
2: Hey, time out. Real quick. For anybody who's out there that does pick up one of our shirts. If I, the premier Joey K sees you at a live show, whether it be AEW, WWE GCW ring of honor, especially because I do love to attend those in Philly, any one of those shows. If I am there and I spot you in one of our shooting club shirts, beer on me. I'm I'll put that out there. So uh, I'll throw that out to you guys. You guys can decide in your areas. Just so all our fans know, I, I hope they understand at this point. I'm out here in Philly, DDJ, Chicago, Jovan, covering the great state of Texas. That's it. Any anywhere you see me at a show, and I see you sporting us our logo, our shirt. A, I appreciate you. I love you. B, drinks on me. So, uh, so question,
1: if we all three of us meet up and we're all wearing shooting club shirts, are we all like buying our own? Are we all going to buy each other? Are we all going to buy <laughs> around? How's that going to work? It's three way.
2: Yeah. I think it uh, he has to go around.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So I'm buying for Jovan. Jovan's buying for you. You're buying for me.
1: <laughs> well, what if I want to buy for Jovan? Okay. Well, then-, then
2: we reverse it. Then, then you buy for Jovan. Jovan buys for me. I buy for you. Okay. But- Buy for you, Bye. or <laughs> you both buy for me, and then I leave happy, and then you buy for each other, also. <laughs> okay, I okay. got kids, I got kids, damn it. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> I, I think that's still copyrighted actually. No. I don't give a sh- about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Calm down, Goldberg.
1: All righty then. Well, it is where as of this as of right now, it is one twenty AM Eastern Standard Time for uh our resident uh premier Joey K. And it is uh twenty past midnight for myself and Jovan. So we're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna call it a night, and uh, just again, thank you so much for sticking around. We apologize for the uh, technical issues that have plagued this show, and uh, we also apologize. Well, apologize for the premier's takes on some of these topics.
2: Oh, you had just the, me, just me. You had me? The you. Had to I had the. How did I have the worst take? See, this is this is the context issue. I never said. <laughs> I didn't love Brody. I never said I didn't have the utmost respect. I just feel that we were robbed because of the way life goes. We were robbed of seeing something that I think a lot of us, honestly, a lot of us waited years for. We saw the the second man of the Wyatt family, and, and the true second. All respect to Rowan. But the true second of the Wyatt family, who never got that main push, and we got we got the cusp of it in AEW. I mean, you're going to tell me that Brody wouldn't have been an amazing AEW world champ? He would have. I, I think he would have, 100%. And I would have loved it. And they probably would have had a great story with it. I think the Dark Order would be so much more than it is today now if – Things didn't happen the way they did, and that's the disappointing part. That's the real take of it. That's what that's what bothers me the most. Is it's all love to Brody, but I just feel like we never got the best of it, and and that's that's just the truth. And I can't. I, I as much as I try and I look back. I mean, I looked at Ring of Honor matches. His matches with Claudia now Cesaro. For for people who don't know, I mean, amazing. I Jelly. love I love Brody in Ring of Honor. Joey, go, go. What? There we go.
1: Hey uh, Jay, before we get out of here, <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling you can go starting tomorrow, you can go on urbandictionary.com, look up the word for backpedaling, you'll see a picture of Joe there. Here
2: we go. Here <laughs> we go. Dude, and I'm heart, not the I'm not the one who absolutely took a dump on the heart foundation. I'll do it every day. All Here's day long. All day, all day long. Wow.
0: I am a real American. Oh, oh boy. boy. All right. Dude, and we've jumped a shark. Now, if there's
1: anything that is going to drive fans away, it is the, what just happened right now. So for those of you who waited to the end, hoping that they we would actually salvage this. It ain't getting game. better. Oh, it no. ain't getting any better.
2: It's only getting worse.
1: What? <laughs> and on that note, this has been shooting.